0: I was so embarrassed by my existence I was so embarrassed by the person I was I was going down the darkest rabbit holes at the beginning of last year when everything shut down I wanted answers as to who the hell thinks they they can take away my right to my freedom I work for this this is my life my trajectory for my career was going up this is my existence how dare
1: you Hi, I'm Vishen Lakhiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work.
0: In case you don't know me, or even if you know me, I actually haven't shared this story before fully from the outside. For the last, I'd say, three years, I've looked like the girl that has the absolute dream life everything that I ever wanted everything that society says that you should have I had that and I mean it I had it I had my finances under control I had material things I had completely under control I was living the high life <laughs> I was hanging out with some of the most successful people in my industry going to their homes going to parties with them standing like right next to some of the most successful people and just being like what is happening how am I here me Sorel, like this tiny little girl that like I am just a girl from Australia. I I grew up in a town called Ballina in Australia. Like, how am I even here? This doesn't make any sense to me, but that was just one example. And then at one point, you know, I, my successes were rising and rising and I, It just kept going. There was one stage that just kept going up and up and up. And, you know, I was traveling the world to stay in the most beautiful Airbnbs because I could. (laughs) I had the capacity and the resources to literally go on Airbnb, choose the most beautiful homes in, in the entire world and travel to those places. I remember speaking on stage. There was Peter McKinnon on stage, the main speaker. This is one of the biggest photography YouTubers in the entire world. And then there was me, like just before him. I was right before one of the most famous people on YouTube today. And that was still shocking to me. (laughs) I couldn't quite believe that this was my existence. So yes, from the outside, it looked like I had absolutely everything that I had ever dreamed of and that society says that we should strive for. And I just saw a comment type one, if you find her real cute, thank you. I'm going to stop looking at it, but I will just every now and again, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) No, but, um, I had a little secret during this time, you know, living the high life. Two secrets, actually. Number one, I, uh, I actually didn't like who I was at all. I didn't like who the, the person I was becoming. This high life that, you know, I had people running up to me, sometimes squealing and being like, oh, my God. Ugh! I remember the very first time someone, I heard a squeal and I was like, what happened? What is happening? And someone like ran up to me. They're like, Safil! and I was like, uh, hi, uh, hi, I appreciate you. <laughs> what is happening? And it was such a shocking experience for me. I really didn't like who I was, but I couldn't admit it to myself. That's the crazy thing. I couldn't admit it to myself because I had built up this facade that, you know, you meant to love what you're doing. You're meant to be like living the high life. And and how could you possibly complain about what was going on? You had everything while people were suffering, having like, you know, harder lives, you know, just jobs in general. They wanted to, they wanted the life I had. And I was complaining inside. I was hurting. I was hurting a lot. Whilst at the same time, I actually was dealing with a severe phobia of death that was triggered by an event that started literally at the very beginning, just before my enormous growth in my career started happening. A story for another time, how this happened. It was very unexpected how it happened. This phobia of death that if I ever stopped and slowed down in my existence, I would be on the floor in panic attacks. Now, I'm not going to talk about panic attacks too long because I know a lot of people still deal with this and it's really, really intense, but I have to paint the picture of what happened for those that might have not experienced panic attacks, especially someone that I literally never really believed in panic attacks. I thought, you know, oh, just take care of your mind. You'll be fine if you eat healthy, if you exercise, if you live your life, you live your dream, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I think I was slightly judgmental towards people that experienced panic attacks until ha, hello, universe is like, how about you have some? How about that? And for three years, if I, anyone spoke about death, if I listened to a song, it had anything to do with dying. (laughs) I remember watching a song, a movie with my fiance, my boyfriend at the time, Leon, we were watching, I think it was 1914, this war movie, and there was a lot of death in this movie. And I would go into a panic attack. I would literally crumble and for about three hours I'd be just, I couldn't breathe. Leon would have to guide me through the process of breathing. (sighs) Just so I could come out on the other side. And it was so scary because I didn't know what to do and I couldn't talk to anyone about it, especially that I was living this high life and I should be really grateful. Just be grateful that you live this life and you have so many people looking at you, they expect you to be strong. So just be strong. And this, the event that triggered it was so trivial that it looks like it was so trivial ah! <laughs> that I didn't know what to, I didn't know who to talk to about this I didn't know how to face off with this idea what was going on it was so scary <laughs> and so during the same time I'm working like a crazy person I was a workaholic I used to travel for like 300 days a year, maybe I was on planes going from place to place. Like I'm telling you the high life, you name it. I had it. I had it all. i had the dream material life. So again, couldn't complain. <laughs> I was building up this really successful business that was booming whilst facing off two truths. One, I didn't like who I was becoming. I didn't like my, the people that I was surrounded with. I didn't like that. I had to look when I was posting on my Insta stories, because it was my job to hang out with other successful people that had numbers on their, on their profile. And I couldn't, it felt like there was this idea for a little while there on Instagram that you don't share profiles of people that have smaller accounts. No, because you're just there to build up each other. So I was hanging out with people that had the numbers. They weren't my tribe. They weren't fueling me. I remember being in LA. Uh, we almost moved to LA because I thought I should as a YouTuber, you know, that's where I should go because that's what my reality is, is to hang out with these other, other successful YouTubers. So we tried to move there. I remember so many times, oh, my God, I love you so much. You're amazing. I can't wait to hang out. Let's go go for coffee next week. You want to go for coffee? No? I'm oh, sorry. Um, silence. It was just, it went, it was the most shallow interactions with so many people that I was experiencing, and I was lonely. I was so, <laughs> so I'm building up this experience that I don't even like at the exact same time. I have this phobia of death and I'm working so hard because the minute I slow down at all, I start feeling phobia of dying, something that I cannot escape. No one can escape. And they say there are is two ways of living. One, a life that you live before you realize you're going to die and then you live the life after that when you have that realization and that's true and I faced off with that I was like I'm gonna die I was angry at my mom for a while there that she gave birth to me knowing that one day I was gonna have to die I was angry at my mom for that <laughs> I'm gonna move on from the topic of death I know it's heavy but I can I just wanted to paint the picture of how much in pain I was at the time so building up this life don't want to feel anything guess what happens next <laughs> I called it the great pause. Hello, COVID. Thanks. So I'm living this high life. All of a sudden, I have all these plans for this enormous year of travel, going places, doing everything, meeting people just as long as I was working. Please don't let me feel. Please don't let me feel the emotions. I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to face off that I have. I actually don't like my existence at all. (laughs) The great pause. (laughs) I still had a job per se, right? I had my YouTube platform except I identified as a travel YouTuber that traveled to these beautiful homes all around the world. So she could have the perfect backdrops for her self portraits that she was so in love with and loved so much secretly. I was like, I like this concept, but maybe it's a little bit too shallow. And I think there might be something more for it more about me that I'd like to share, but I, it's just going so well. And I have a book coming out about it and I, this is awesome, but there's something about it that I'm not quite feeling strongly about Couldn't do any of these things. I couldn't go to different cultures. I couldn't experience anything. I couldn't be this digital nomad. I had painted for myself whilst at the same time, just before like two months before everything stopped, I bought a house. Now I know a lot of people are like, wow, that's so amazing. It's so fun for someone that had no roots, zero grounding. I didn't, I didn't want to stop because stopping meant I had to feel (laughs) and I wasn't ready for that. But like for a free spirit like myself to go from all this movement and no matter what I wanted, where I wanted to go, I would just like look up at a place, go to my, see my family anytime. And it was all stripped away from me. And I, again, how do you, do you complain about that? Whilst other people in the world are really struggling, they, you know, losing loved ones, losing jobs, losing so much. And meanwhile, I just wasn't able to travel anymore. Like whoop de deuce to get over it. That's what it felt like. I couldn't share anything with anyone. So there's this great pause. And I went into months and months and months of shock. And I now can look back and realize what that was. I was doing the absolute bare minimum just to function. Like I gave up on a lot of aspects of myself. I will say that I couldn't exercise. I was not sleeping properly or I was sleeping too much. I definitely didn't socialize with anyone. One, because I, you know, run away from everyone, hide, everybody stay in your little homes, away from everyone. So I had no one around me. Plus, honestly, I didn't know how to connect with people properly. Because I had to a lifetime trying to build up my business and my, you know, I wanted to prove that I was something and I was worthwhile. So I worked so hard. So my identity was work and being a workaholic, that's what I was. And yeah, friendships. Okay. I love you so much, but I didn't know how to be a good friend and I didn't know how to reach out and have create these strong friendships with people. I didn't know how to be vulnerable to friends, to other people around me. That was kind of really crappy. <laughs> So it was a year of, I'm going to call it death. I'm going to call it pure and utter death whilst facing off with the phobia of death. (laughs) But, you know, I realized that I was so afraid of feeling my phobia of death because I don't think I ever felt like I actually truly lived. And I can honestly see that now. Now I can understand how that makes sense. Because society says that if you live the big life and you live... You get all these things, the material things. That means you're living big. So when you're on your deathbed, did you live your life fullest? Yeah, Sorel, I totally did. Why am I feeling so empty? Why is no one tell you that you feel so empty inside when you have everything? So I was afraid to die because I had never fully lived. And that, again, how do you tell people when you're living this high life, I actually feel like I'm not living? What do you say? What do you say to these people? So I still have a job, a platform that I have to fulfill. I have contractual obligations. I'm meant to release a video at least once a week, maybe twice a week, which seems like nothing. once a month or twice a month maximum, which seems like nothing for a girl, a woman. No, I was a girl back then. I'm a woman now. <laughs> but for a girl that was posting two videos every single week, which... I hope that people appreciate how much work goes into creating videos as a YouTuber. If you've never tried it, it's so hard. It's so much work. You're basically your own TV station, but you do the editing, the videos, the scripting, the concepts. There's so much to it. So I used to release two videos every single week. And then I used to post about five to seven times on Instagram every single week. Like I was five to seven times a week, constantly on the go. I couldn't even get myself together to post (laughs) two videos And I couldn't stop. I wanted to stop. I really wanted to hide. I was so embarrassed by my existence. I was so embarrassed by the person I was. I was going down the darkest rabbit holes at the beginning of last year when everything shut down. I wanted answers as to who the hell thinks they they can take away my right to my freedom. I work for this. This is my life. My trajectory for my career was going up. This is my existence. How dare you? And I was angry at everyone. I went through every stage. Anger, like pissed off at the world (laughs) pissed off at everything sadness grief i i really grieved the loss of who the life that i had and was stripped away from me meanwhile i didn't really want it but i wasn't ready to face off with that fact that i actually that wasn't the existence of what i wanted but i couldn't face off with that reality just yet so in my head i was like no kicking screaming but I think somewhere really, really, really deep, deep inside of me, I was somewhat grateful that finally I could stop that existence. But, okay, sure, it was stripped away from me. But what do I do now? Whilst I still have contractual obligations, I still have to put, like, I still have to feed the family. I'm responsible for, I'm like the breadwinner of my family. That's my job. (laughs) I couldn't just run away. I wanted to, I wanted to run away. I tell, I'm telling you to be in the spotlight while you're going through an enormous breakdown because you have to, that's not fun. Because whilst my two videos a month I had to film, easy peasy, nothing, right? It was just the bare minimum of effort. It was either me getting so annoyed at the fact that I had to film that I was, hi guys, if you're watching from you know my YouTube channel, I know that I always look like I'm like chirpy and everything on the outside. Some of the videos that I had to create last year and also 2019 when I was getting so burnt out and so tired by having to keep up with the algorithm monster. Two videos a week, two videos a week, two videos a week. I need to, I need to, I need to. What's the next biggest topic that's going to go viral? What, what, what do I have to do? The pressure, the enormous pressure I felt There were times where I was literally screaming, like screaming at the top of my lungs before I had to film. Surprise. And Leon had to leave. (laughs) If he was around me, he had to go. I was like, no one can be in my space. I was furious. I was angry. And the minute I turned the camera on, hi everybody, this is Sorella Moore. Yeah, I got pretty good at that. So you can see that I somehow knew that this wasn't the right thing but I didn't know how to let go of it because this is the dream that this is the dream life I have to keep going I have to keep going. So last year contractual obligations <laughs> had to keep going even though I just wanted to hide. There was one video I remember so vividly sitting down to record and this was a couple of days before the end of the month and i have to submit my videos three days before the end of the month so they can get approved and be released in that month otherwise i don't you know it doesn't work that contract i I break the contract so i remember just thinking to myself i put on my makeup so hesitantly like a little sloth going putting makeup on like i i look like shit anyway So if i'm not meant to swear I look horrible. My, my life force is drained. I'm not exercising. I'm not eating p- properly, but I have to just put on a brave face and keep going. And I went to sit down to record this one video. I had no idea what I was going to film. The, my brain was in so much pain. I was like, how can I sit down and say anything good right now and uplift anyone right now? I can't. The world is hurting. How dare I go onto YouTube and, pre- and pretend like some shallow topic? What am I going to talk about? And I literally thought that if this video topic doesn't work, then whatever. I'm just going to, if I have nothing to talk about, I am just going to go and tell my sponsors, I'm so sorry. I can't do this. I was going to break off every tie, everything. I was done. Quit it right there. Done. I wanted to run away, you know, and whatever. I'll figure out the family situation. I'll figure it out. I just can't keep going. I can't, I can't keep going. And I sat on the couch and I pressed a record. And for some reason, I don't know why, by the grace of the universe, I'm not sure, 20 minutes or so came out of my mouth what I would recommend people in their 20s do, right? It was a device for 20-year-olds, what every 20-year-old should do or something like that. And I just blabbered something. And, I mean, if, if my community really knows me, they, they probably saw, some of them might have felt that there was a really big drop in my energy. But I just, usually I put so much effort into my videos. I change backgrounds. I, you know, I really put effort into it because I want to keep people visually engaged because they're giving me, me their time, their precious time. So I was like, I'm going to give my best. And in this particular video, I've never done this before. I literally pressed record and I just filmed one shot. I didn't even check if it was good. I didn't check the setup. I didn't care. Just edited it like with the lowest energy of my life and I sent it off for approval. And then it came to launch time. And this was when it just got like so shit. (laughs) Press that upload button once it was approved by the sponsors. And I was just praying. I honestly was praying, please, I hope so much that my community understands that I'm going through so much pain, but I don't know how to show you because I should not be complaining because my life is awesome. But please, I hope you realize that I'm in pain. I just hope that somebody can see through the veil of my smile that it's fake. Please see that. And they weren't. (laughs) People didn't see that. (laughs) I'm such a pussy. Why am I crying so much? I'm sorry. I don't want to be crying this much. I only thought I'd cry a little bit. (laughs) They didn't see. They didn't catch my pain. And the comments were horrible. (laughs) And they weren't short comments. I'm used to bad, mean comments. I really am. I'm used to, you know, haters coming up from anyone. Hey, you have a giant mouth. <laughs> That's like the most common one that I have. Yeah, I get it. Whatever. I like my mouth. Thank you very much. But these were comments this fat. A huge paragraphs long of how disappointing I was. How privileged I was, which is obvious I'm privileged, but... Just like, basically, you suck. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> How dare you? You don't understand. You're detached. And that was really weird because I didn't think it could get any worse. <laughs> I was like, I'm already battling my inner demons. And now I've got this, right? Now I'm on. <laughs> Hurray, hurrah. How fun. Yay. Now my community hates me. And around that point for a really long period of time, and I, I know a lot of you guys don't hate me, but it felt like that in my mind. I mean, you're here right now. <laughs> so that means you love me because you you stuck through and maybe not love me. Maybe you do. I love you. Thank you so much. But you stuck with me this whole time. But at the time, because I had nothing, my life was stripped from me. It felt like all of a sudden, I had 1.5 million people that hated me and I felt the hate so much. And I don't know if you know, if you, like in your own life, you might have a little bit of conflict here and there and you know that somebody's talking about you and you know, there's a group of people that bitch about you in the background. Sorry if I keep, sorry that I keep screaming, but they keep, you know, saying things behind your back and that feels horrible and you know that they're talking about you. And that's the crazy part. I knew I had in my head, 1.5 million people doing that. 1.5 million people. Holy shit. That was really heavy energy. So I would, I would say <laughs> that this was close to being around the time where it was the the darkest for me. I didn't know how I was going to get out of this, but I was still dealing with my phobia of death. Yay. <laughs> so I didn't, want to exit this planet i that was not a thing of mine there was a couple of times where it crossed my mind because it was so dark in there but i was like no i don't want to die Are you kidding? i don't want to face off with this thing like no it was so i was stuck in this really crazy mix of emotions of get me out of this but i can't leave <laughs> i hate everything around me i can't stand my existence I'm treating, you know, I'm in my house. I'm grumpy. I'm, I'm like the energy I was giving off was so bad. It felt like my, my career, everything was just going to shit. Everything was just crumbling around me. Everything. I'm treating my man like I, not bad, but I'm not giving my best. And there were times where I was snappy. We, I snapped many times last year, and I'm so sorry to Leon, but I'm so grateful as well that you stuck around. And I, obviously, because we're here through everything together, I'm so I love you. <laughs> but he said it. He was like, "Now he can tell me." He's like, "You were pretty dreadful last year," <laughs> and I'm like, "I know. I'm sorry." <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I didn't know I had what to do from this point because I was numb. My career, everything was falling apart. Everything that I thought I was, everything that I had, I thought I had to contribute. Was just taken away, gone, like that. But I needed to live because I couldn't get rid of the phobia of death. It was still there. Around this time, I figured well, if I am going to continue living, I'm a healthy individual. That means that if nothing goes wrong, I'm here for another, what, 60, 70, 80, 90? 90, 90, maybe <laughs> 90 years, 80 years, 70 years. 70 years. You're going to live for 70 years with this darkness and you're going to be this numb because I was numb. My emotions were nothing. I didn't feel an inch of joy. Nothing inside of me. Nothing made me excited. Nothing. And I can honestly say that nothing. Dead inside. 70 years of this. Well, you better learn to function with this. Full stop. You better learn to function with your reality that you have. Because what else are you going to do this whole time? Like you still have to take care of your vessel. You have to eat. Just eat the bare minimum. You know that good food makes you feel better. So just try to eat better food. And so at the lowest of low, when I felt like the whole world was hating on me, I had to take these tiny, itty bitty, tiny steps forward. And so I remember thinking to myself, well, apparently community is really important for health. So I should probably reach out to some friends. And if I'm going to just exist in this life, I better, I mean, it'd be nice, I guess, to spend some time with friends or people at least, because, you know, I still, I want Leon to not have the crappiest existence being around me. So I wanted to put a smile on my face and be like, maybe we should have friends over for dinner. Even though I, I, inside, I was like, please, no, I don't want anyone around me. I just want to run away. (laughs) But slowly but surely I would, you know, reach out to people because I knew that at least they distracted me from my own mind. So I'd hang out with people. Just tiny moments of like, oh, you know, at least I'm doing something. Did it feel nice? Not, not really. <laughs> at the beginning, it wasn't really nice because I also felt horrible towards my friends. My friend now, just last week, he told Leon, he was like, I remember Sorel last year. She really hated everything. She hated being here in Iceland. She hated everything. And Leon was like, yeah, but she's now really good. And I'll get to that part soon. Yeah, it was, my self-esteem was gone. But anyway, darkness, darkness, darkness. And so I I was hanging out with friends, just trying to do the bare minimum. I was every now and again trying to exercise because I was like, you should probably exercise because your vehicle needs you to exercise. So maybe you'll do that. So I did a tiny bit of that. And I remember I was, I finally got therapy last year as well, uh, which helped me to, you know, face off with a lot of things. One big thing that I, is this too much? Surprise to my family. One thing that I realized in therapy as well last year was, you know, I wanted a part of me, even though I had a phobia of death, a part of me thought I was going to die soon. Like I literally thought, I even remember telling my sister two years ago saying like, I think I'm going to die soon. I have a feeling, like a really sad feeling. I think I'm going to die soon. And she was like, probably. And I was like, wait, what? She was, <laughs> and at the time, my God, she's such a, you know, she's a, quite more evolved spiritually than, than me. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, yeah, part of you is probably going to die soon. And I was like, no, I mean actually going to die. <laughs> but anyway, so I was in therapy last year and my very first session. I opened up and I didn't know I was feeling this way. I thought I was needed to die in order to make space for my family to finally thrive. Cause I thought I was stealing the spotlight so much away from them. And I felt horrible for that. I was I couldn't stop the competitive aspect of me battling constantly more and more I needed to prove that I'm special all the people that ever rejected me I'm gonna prove to you that I am special and how dare you reject me you don't know my greatness and I came from this force this like ugh, instead of inner joy and that doesn't that doesn't work very well so I actually yeah I legitimately thought that my deathbed was on soon so I could make space for other people to have some visibility I wrote a will out I I was like, my sister will get this house. My brother will get this house. My other sister will get this. And you know, I, I wrote everything out. My like, oh, Leon will get this house. You know, that was really hard to face off with whilst you have a phobia of death. <laughs> there is a turning point. Let me get to that now because I think maybe it's time. <laughs> so I'm hanging out with friends and my therapist, just one time, she just said, hey, by the way, there's this woman that is teaching uh, music. Maybe you should. Maybe you should give it a crack because I'm. you've spoken about it to me so many times. Like, I wish I knew how to play music. Maybe you should just sign up. And I saw this woman wearing goddess dresses, the most beautiful human, everything that I had ever dreamt of as a young girl to be, like this really gorgeous woman grounded in her beauty and essence, not because she wants to show off, but because she knows herself. She feels herself. I was like, who is this person? And instantly I was like, Yes, I will. Yes, I will sign up. <laughs> and she teaches harp, guitar, and piano in three months. That's what she, she teaches. And so I signed up, and I can tell you I was dreadful. And I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still bad. It's been, But since January, it's only been since January, and I strum my guitar, and I'm so bad at it, and I'm not progressing very fast. But there's this joy. That comes from that. There's this just nice, certain, weird inner joy that comes from doing this exercise that doesn't mean anything. Like, I'm not going to go anywhere with this. I'm not going to be some famous musician. There's no greatness coming out from this. But there's this joy inside of me. I ordered a few goddess dresses, not for any reason, just because they were pretty. And I wanted to see what it feels like to maybe dress up and pretend I could be like my music teacher because she's so goddess-like. But I could never really be that goddess because I'm Sorrel. I'm the tomboy. That would never work. And I'm, you know, a masculine Sorrel. I was so in my masculine energy that I didn't understand this feminine energy. I I almost, I looked upon it, looked down upon feminine energy for so long. And anyone that was delicate and in touch with them and sensuality, I was like, what are you? You're, you're alien to me, but I really wish I could be like that. So I started doing these tiny little itty bitty things of pointless things because I wanted to. For no extra reason by just wanting to. And at first, nothing really worked. I was numb. But at some point, things started shifting a little bit. And there was just like a tiny glimmer of joy. Beautiful moments. And I was like, wow, that feels nice. (laughs) This feels really, really nice. So I started doing a little bit more of that. Just tiny moments of a little bit of joy. Wow, that feels good too. Okay started cooking for myself really well, because all of a sudden, like I live in the middle of nowhere. We don't have any fancy restaurants here in Iceland in the area that I am. I was like, wow, that feels fun. That's really nice to cook and to cook for someone that I love as well. Decorating my house. Wow, that feels really nice. (laughs) Like these pointless things, they're not gonna go anywhere. And the interesting thing happened from this is that my energy started shifting. Because I was immersing myself in things that came from the inside. The ones that fulfilled me from the inside. Moments of pure bliss and joy. And I remember when I was young, I used to listen to this quote, follow your bliss and the doors will open wherever there's walls or whatever. Right? That quote, I was like, oh, that's a cool quote. Let me do that. Let me write that in my vision board or vision book. Yeah. And I did that, but I didn't understand what that meant. Follow your bliss literally means follow the things that make you come alive from the inside because what happens when you do that is that your energy shifts and it's beautiful and people actually want to be around you. No one wanted to be around me last year. No one. Now I have friends that are always here. I just spent the most beautiful weekend with my friends in the hot tub, out in nature, dancing, healing each other with energies because I'm getting all spiritual now and it's so much fun. (laughs) I had friends all weekend that didn't want to leave. And before, I swear I could feel that they just wanted to run away as fast as possible. They didn't want to be in my dark sphere All my opportunities, all my views kept on crashing. And I was angry that they were crashing. But why would anyone want to watch someone that's so grumpy that you can, you know, maybe there's a smile on her face, but there's something not quite right about her. And there's this like darkness. Why would anyone want to be around that? And everything I did in my life, everything was exhausting. Everything. It felt like the world was on my shoulders every time I had to reply to an email. felt hard. Everything was hard. And now with these tiny moments of joy and my energy rising and me reaching out to these beautiful moments of what fills my cup up, (laughs) I'm rebuilding myself and things aren't hard anymore. And you know what the crazy part is? Yes, I've got, to, I've got to work sometimes. I've got to hustle. I, you know, I've just started up in Dante on my finance and freedom new business with Leon. Well, that's there. I'm still running a, my YouTube channel. That's there. I'm starting a podcast on spirituality. That's there. But I'm hanging out with friends. I'm exercising. I'm dancing. I'm playing guitar. Like I'm doing all these things. And it's not exhausting. Whereas before, one email was exhausting to me. And the most beautiful part is, and I cannot believe this is happening, for some reason... Now my opportunities that what I thought was the max that I was getting before the most perfect opportunities that were coming my way they're doubling in impact now. I have potentials for TV shows with big networks for talks on Mind Valley. How did this come across my plate? I don't even know. How am I here? <laughs> It doesn't make sense. People started reaching out to me because I was oozing this energy of just like, I'm fine. I'm not here to please you because I know what it's like to be at the bottom and no one loving you and people hating you. 1.5 million people, what I thought, people hating you. I need to look after myself. If you don't like me, that's fine. I'm looking after myself. And these opportunities just keep coming and they keep flooding. And that's the wildest part about all this is that now, from the outside, you look at my life and think, wait, nothing's, it's pretty similar. Like, opportunities that, that are coming up in Sorrel's life, they're actually, nothing's really changed, except there's a huge change, enormous change, and that's inside. You know, I don't think I'm going to, I'm never going to work that hard ever again to let all my family relationships, my friendships go down to the drain, my mental health, my, my My just pure joy and bliss is coming from an abundance. I have so much overflowing. My cup is overflowing now and I get to share that. And I honestly don't care if people like me or not. I just know that this is for me and it feels right for me. And therefore, in some crazy way, I'm putting my foot right in front of the other, the correct way that feels right for my soul. And people see that and they feel that and they want to be around that. And I know it's just the beginning. I didn't have a vision for so long. For two years, I was visionless and it felt so empty. And there's still parts of me that isn't sure what's going on, but I have a feeling that I'm meant to be something really great. And then the universe is now behind me, wanted to test me, push me down to destroy everything fake that I was. So I would understand that working from inner joy, inner peace, taking care of yourself is actually the most important thing. Thank you so much.